Hello, I'm Martin Mercer. And I'm James Mastriani. You've never heard of us. We're two Brits who grew up in North London and have had varying success in the film and television industry. In our ever-advancing age, we find ourselves on... The The Wrong wrong Side side of of Hollywood. In our series of podcasts, we'll share our experiences of what it's like being a British bloke living and working... Or not. ...in the biz. We'll discuss everything from fish and chips to things that wind us up. So stay with us. It's all uphill from here. This podcast may contain strong language. If you're of a sensitive nature or easily offended, we invite you to, as they say in Blighty, jog on. Afternoon. Good afternoon. So what have you brought? Right. Well, seeing as it's Valentine's Day, um, I took the missus out for breakfast after dropping the lad off at school. There's a place called Lodge Bread. <laughs> Or bre- uh, bread lodge, bread lodge, <laughs> bread lodge is it? Right. Yes. So bread lodge. Now my wife loves bread. Now Asians aren't meant to like bread, but that's what I thought. But I'm wrong. And the wife, <laughs> the wife loves bread. She can't get enough of it. Fortunately, she don't put on the poundage. Anyway, sorry, that's terrible, isn't it? So, but, so what have you got there? You've got a, so. Uh, so basically, most American baked goods are not very good. I'm sorry to say, even though there's a tradition of Germans and Dutch coming to America and they make these baked goods, but the problem is it doesn't seem to have reached California. So this actually is is a wonderful surprise, and they do all these wonderful fresh breads, and this bread is a cinnamon roll. Mm. Now, usually when you go to a bakery, you get a cinnamon roll. It's about the size of a small dessert plate. And, you know, it's like about seven bucks. Or here you get this chunk, this mahoosive cinnamon roll. And it's I I would say it's about four inches deep by five, six inches. And they serve it with this buttercream. And it's not sweet. It's like European pastries. There's a Mm. delicateness to it. So anyway, so we had that with a good coffee. So I thought I would treat you, because it's not cheap, to this (laughs) wonderful... I did put it in a toaster (laughs) oven. And I gave you some of them... I was going to say some of my cream, but that doesn't sound good. please don't. Um, Some some of your whipped cream. Some of my... Oh, my God, that sounds worse. No. Anyway... All right, well, would you a like dairy to product. pour a cup of tea while you're at it? I have yeah. I've, I've so made what a tea, pot. What, what tea have we got? Just English. Right, just English. Should be nice and strong. You might want to hold Oh, yeah, the look, at that's a good colour. There you go. That's a very good colour. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It sounds like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can do me as well. Thank you very much. Yeah. Might be rude not to. Absolutely. It sounds like somebody's having a weed, isn't it? Yeah, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. And there's some... <laughs> Right. Milk. Is it full, organic? It's full fat organic. Full fat. You're trying to kill me. Hang on. I'm going to step away from my mic. It's a good colour. There we go. So, yeah. So we had this very nice um, meal and it's way out of our way. But I will say for LA, it has some great food choices. Now, there's great food in London, but coming here as an Englishman from the small town of Barnet and its nefarious population, huh. uh, coming here and being exposed to all these foods, and and certainly with an Asian wife. But this is uh, this is absolutely this is very nice. What do you think? Uh, very nice. It's very subtle, isn't it? Mm. Uh, lovely. Yeah. So this is from Bread Lodge. Yeah. And then. We should also probably give a shout out to Continental Bakery, which is a Jewish bakery on Burbank Boulevard at Coldwater. Mm. And for any Brits out there that might be listening to this podcast, I have to say it is the closest thing 
to British bread that you can get. Well, that's right. And the thing is, is in America, when you go to a supermarket and you look at the bread, shockingly, one of the ingredients is either molasses, sugar, or even worse, high fructose corn syrup, which for some reason they seem to love over here. There's a whole industry on Because it's cheap. Well, there's a whole industry on corn. You know, it all came from, what are we going to do with this byproduct? We've all this corn, we'll feed it to cows, and I know we'll make it into syrup. And I don't know who it was that did it, but he became very rich from it, of course at the cost of everyone else, his mm. health, diabetes and such. But the bread at the Continental Bakery, because it's kosher, it's basically yeast, salt, uh, water. Flour. Oh, yeah, flour. You'll need that. <laughs> <laughs> so how was yours? Um, it was nice. I mean, we had a lovely little slap-up meal. Well, yeah, because we? your missus is a wonderful cook. She is, I have to say, she really is, which is great for you guys because you're absolute shite, you're hopeless. How dare you? <laughs> no, I well, resemble that remark. You do resemble <laughs> it uh, as a piece of burnt bacon. Um, but Sal does have those skills, and it's incredible. It was a lovely rib dinner. I don't usually eat meat because I'm a vegan, but uh, I made an exception for that, as I always do when Sal does her delicious Asian dishes or whatever. So you're not really vegan then? Well, no. <laughs> no, not really. So, so that statement about you being vegan is just total bullshit. Yeah, I'm trying just to try to stay. Oh, here. okay, good. Uh, right. But, but I don't, I don't like eating raw. Re- yeah, well, who does like eating raw meat? <laughs> I don't like eating. <laughs> I don't like eating red meat, mm. and um, I try and stay away from it. I do have chicken and bacon and hot dogs and the wife's ribs so, yeah again not vegetarian but no no we have vegetables with it but um i was gonna I'm, I'm that looking. doesn't count <laughs> so there's valentine so that's what i did with sal and um i didn't i actually brought her some flowers which is quite rare for me uh but i got them from trader joe's which is a big grocery store in los angeles it's actually owned by the germans uh the german company that owns aldi uh, which is a very cheap grocery store throughout Europe and now actually in Los Angeles. Yeah, there's one down the street. Yes, yes, and they do all those lovely little European delicacies that America taxes to the extreme to you prevent prevent Americans from tasting proper cheese and, you know, good stuff like that I've noticed here. <laughs> so, yeah, so I got the flowers from there and nice and cheap and it cheered the old girl up. And um, You see, I won't buy flowers. But, but you always buy flowers, James. It's ridiculous. I see you. Oh, you're... yeah, no, I buy flowers. I just won't buy them on Valentine's right. because so they the, the jack very the day, price up. At the very day, you should be buying them, at least showing some sort of dotage upon your wife. My wife is doted upon plenty. Yes. Well, I, anybody, always when I put the rubbish out in the bin, I was like, oh, oh God, look, there's James with his roses. They've, well, all, they've all dead now. Strangely enough, yeah, they are. in my humble opinion, I think Costco has the best roses because they last like two weeks right so it's not like i buy flowers every two weeks but i just buy them and you know money loves the flowers Mm. and i have to say it's a little sappy of me but when i throw them away i do thank them not individually i just say thank you for your service you were lovely you were very beautiful i'm sorry for throwing you away now it's terrible but i do that bloody softy it really is terrible For, for you know for a british bitter old man used to show but, such I mean, romance think is, about is, it is it's shocking. like you, you 
kill these beautiful flowers <laughs> to have them in your house for for like two weeks yeah. and you you know you, you feed them the plant food so they last a bit longer and all this kind of maybe change the water out once a week to make them last a bit oh, longer God. and then they crinkle up and they die just feel bad. Are you sure thing. you're not a gay gentleman? <laughs> <laughs> Only not a, that there's anything wrong no in that. No straight men no, take care of things like that. Uh, well, no, look, you know, I just don't feel the need to spend twice as much for flowers on Valentine's Day when I get them for a year round. Anyway. And so there's an understanding of like, yes. look, darling, my, my does, stinginess does prevents me from uh, yes. procuring flowers today. Tomorrow will be your day. Yes. And yes, she does want flowers on Valentine's oh. Day, but no. Right. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm shocked that you actually get away with that, quite frankly. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. you know, I do the other stuff. Right. And so did you, you know, so you had the meal, but you didn't really do any, excuse me, indigestion? I think if Valentine's Day fell on a weekend or maybe on a Friday, we might right. have done something. But it was Tuesday this year, so puts the kibosh on arranging. And, and who the hell wants to go out for a meal in a restaurant on Valentine's Day at the best of times, even if it is on the weekend? Yeah, well, I, I agree. I mean, of course, I'm always reminded of that Steve Martin when he, he's single, because I was single in L.A. for seven years. And Steve Martin walking into a restaurant, a spotlight comes on, you know, and it just follows him to the table, you know, because that's how you feel. I remember once when I walked into a restaurant, I was like, oh, one table for one, is it, sir? Yes. And he had, this was the day before cell phones, he handed me a fucking magazine. So I was like, oh, I see, I've got to amuse myself, have I? Sad you know, bastard I, meal for yeah, one, please. Yeah, sad bastard meal for one. And here's a magazine so you can look fucking busy, you know, so you don't, you're not so sad. So, yeah, so Valentine's Day for me is always mixed feelings because I always do think of people who aren't celebrating it and what they're doing and probably getting sick and tired of it and sick and tired of seeing all the... And it's funny, in LA and probably London now, I've not been in London on Valentine's Day for quite a while, but here you suddenly see all the vans with the trestle tables yeah. and all the garish fucking teddy bears from hell and yeah. flowers and, and all these bright coloured things they sell and just like really some desperate lad on his way back oh okay I'll just buy this burnt offering here we go dear <laughs> accept my apologies so what was it Sal said to you the other day about Valentine's uh, yeah she because uh, I, I said oh you know Valentine's Day and she goes oh well you guys don't have Valentine's Day in Britain right I was like, hey, what do you mean? She goes, well, it's a Hallmark holiday. I was like, uh, no. She couldn't believe that in England we had Valentine's Day as well. And I said, well, we do. And it, it's not a Hallmark holiday. It is actually a Roman uh, holiday. It marks the death of two men who are named Valentine. This is my shaky memory. James, quickly check. But we can do a fact check afterwards, actually. Well, no, you so, were you're absolutely right. Valentine was uh, named after two people named Valentine who were killed by... Claudius II. Yeah, Emperor Claudius II. Right. And, because um, uh, very quickly, Claudius I, I, Claudius, which is a BBC I, play based on the book, was excellent. Yes. And that he was a very benev benevolent, I good yes. emperor. Yeah. But um, And even though he was a hunchback and he looked like a you know, smacked ass. he was a very good emperor, apparently. Or as we but, called it in our household, I clavdivs. Because... Oh, oh, oh. oh, is that your brother? <laughs> no, that was oh, actually right. Uncle Brian because it was like the used oh, with these. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I clavdivs. But did you know that back in Roman times, Valentine's was celebrated by the men sacrificing a goat and a dog? Right. And then whipping the women with the hides of whipping, the animal. Whipping the women. Whipping the My women. My name is Bigus Dickus. Sorry. Bigus, 
whipping the women, the flatulous buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> with with the hides of the animals they had just slain, right? And then young women would line up for the men to hit them because they believed this would make them fertile. So this is the pre-Me Too movement. <laughs> <laughs> so so there was there was that. That was a bit bit crazy. Oh my um, god, that, that is mad, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's just like you're actually lining up to receive. A physical abuse, unreal. It, it and, is, so, and that's what we're all celebrating. That's the Hallmark holiday but, that my well, wife... And, and get this, in 1913, Hallmark cards of Kansas City, Missouri began mass-producing Valentine's cards. February has not been the same since. Yes. Anyway, so that, that's a brief history of Valentine's Day. Right, so there we go. So to answer my wife, it's nothing to do with Hallmark. It's historical. It's been going for a long time. And yes, even us miserable bastards in Britain try and impress our better halves with a token of love so did you hmm. did you ever do a grand gesture in your times of of wooing women when, when yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> wooing uh, whipping whipping and wooing whipping and wooing it reminds me of that uh, Sophia Coppola film uh, lost in translations I whip whip my walking and uh, the uh, Japanese prostitute visits what's his name the chap who what he, is him what he's in uh, who is he Bill Murray Bill Murray that's right dear Bill Murray great film that is beautifully directed so I met uh, a lady here and we were friends and we're still friends actually but she was my first dating in America and we remember we all used to go to this club here and we always had dance and then we Bobby actually Bobby McGee's came, I believe it was called Bobby McGee's yeah and um, it was like a steakhouse and they did this uh, kind of country line dancing it's just what? line dancing wasn't it yeah wasn't it it was country though wasn't it well you could do it to any they, they did the electric slide that wasn't country oh okay well, yeah, and then they had, because it was in a, the end of the 80s, right? So they had the mm. 80s music. Anyway, so she was a kind of first girlfriend, and an American girlfriend. So, of course, I loved the American accent back then. And uh, it was all very, yeah, you know, it was just like, and we used to phone each other up. Back then. Back then. And we used to phone <laughs> each other up. I used to go to the pay phone and put in, you know, 20 fucking pound and... And then she'd pick up and it would be great. So that was pretty romantic. But the gesture was actually not initiated by me. It was by a mutual friend, Bob. And Bob a rose because the woman would come around with rose. He brought a rose and he goes, here, Martin, I, I suggest you give this to your girl. And I was like, really? Oh, OK. Because I wasn't really thinking about that, to be honest. Um, I didn't, you know, that kind of romantic gesture was not in my blood. Monsters right. and makeup and all that shit was. So anyway, so I was like, cheers. So I presented her with this rose and she was like, oh. And, and I found out later she was actually about to give me the boot because <laughs> she could tell that I was a sniveling virgin. And yeah. was, <laughs> you know, I was just not doing all the moves, as it were. And so this rose saved me for a few more months of sort uh -huh. of uh, girlfriend, boyfriend behaviours, which was then done over long, um, long distance, long distance telephone. And then that kind of faded away. But we became good mates. And she's a lovely person. She's happily married, got two great kids, lovely husband. And we're still friends now. So but that was that was a kind of quite a big romantic gesture that I actually never did. Somebody did for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Well, um, I can't think of any, to be honest with you. Moving I, swiftly on, then. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, when it comes to grand gestures, I prefer to do them... Silently. <laughs> yeah. Invisibly. Invisibly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> no, I prefer to do them not on specific days because mm-hmm. I think that's expected. So if you do the unexpected... James, you... I've got to interrupt you here. Mate, you tell me you write two cards to each other on Valentine's Day. Right. We do. One's funny and one's serious. Which I've never seen, but I'm sure it's professing your deep love for each other. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, sure. so you do do these things. You write two cards. I think that's very romantic. Yeah, but we do that for birthdays and Christmas. I don't know why we've always done that, but we've always sent one card that is like, you know, you're stupid mm. in, in a loving way. And, yeah. you know, you make me laugh and blah, blah, blah. And there's the other one that is a more serious and right. more from the heart and... Stuff like that, and, and I, I think that's a British thing as well because I think, again, being English in LA, not that my wife's stupid, by the way, no, on, no. on the contrary. Oh, god, here he goes, ladies, no, no, just, down, just... down down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, romance, I don't know, it's all uh, it's like beauty is in the eye of the beholder, well, isn't you it? Well, you know, so... it's what's really weird about it is when you're young and mm. you want to do something romantic, you don't have the funds to be able to do any major grand gestures. And we don't now. And we don't now, but yeah. we're better suited now. Yeah. Than, well, than we were well, because we're comfortable now in our relationships and, and and being comfortable in a relationship means that you don't have to do all that stuff uh you know sally bless her was perfectly happy making that meal we didn't have to yeah. go out when we were dating yeah we went out to fancy restaurants there's some lovely amazing restaurants in la there was the fish company actually in downtown la mm. now if you want an old school downtown Hang on, is that where you me sal and lonnie went it, it, for one of your anniversaries. It, yes. Yeah. I think so. It's a very, it's that old school yeah. LA, 1940s, 50s yes. service. You know, they look at you, you're, they don't judge you, they don't look at my cheap jeans, <laughs> DMs. They, they, they judge you just by the, you're a customer and it's dark in there and you sit in a booth and you're yeah. in Los Angeles. Yeah, and, old Hollywood. And, and yeah, and I'm, I, I know once with Sal, I was, I was like, oh, is that? Davy Cronenberg, I swear, it was Davy Cronenberg, the director of Shivers and the director of Scanners and all those cool, lovely body horror. Yeah, the fly, body horror films. And he was, I'm sure it was him sitting there. And I was just like, I'd really like to go over and say hello, but I'm on an anniversary date with the wife. (laughs) So maybe not. But it's that kind of, that wonderful atmosphere you can only find in L.A., Old school, beautiful stuff. The food was great because this is all pre-pandemic. But yeah, so you got the old school stuff. But um, and and dating in Los Angeles, and it's funny because you and I were talking about dating the other day, and you were like, "Oh, you know, I had no problem." But and I think, yeah, but you you didn't date here, mate. No, I didn't. You you did. I did. I had seven years of it because I got divorced from the first one. Yep. Um, and and then I was like, fortunately, I was able to. I got my green card. Uh, I had actually Clive Barr. I had a whole load of people signed an affidavit saying this I, guy. I was one. Uh, oh, were I, you? I found it. I found my letter. In oh there. no! I want to see it. I have to dig it up. Oh my god! We thought you found it. I have. I have. Oh, to, okay. but no, it's in the in the in the safe. I'd love to see that yeah, to... because the thing is, I've got all these letters. One of them's from Clive Barker, yep. and then there's a non-notable like yourself. Ugh. And um, and anyway, so I got to stay here. But I had seven years of dating, and it's just so interesting being, you know, because you think, oh, I'm English, you know, I'm a bit different. I didn't fucking make a difference. <laughs> Why was so, that? Uh, well, I think because you 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 were handsome enough. Well. I, you know, I mean, I had a low opinion of my, excuse me, myself. And also I'm a slim guy. And I, the American ladies don't like slim guys. They need the beefcake. I think it's in their blood. Now, mm. they've got this whole Me Too movement. And 
you know, I celebrate that, obviously, uh, you know, the Harvey wines, you don't want that is disgraceful and disgusting. Mm. But of course, there is a truth to the fact that women like men or however you play the game, as it were, a fancy a certain body type. And, you know, I've found that most ladies seem to prefer the beefcake or a bloke with a little bit of meat on their bones. Mm. So I didn't fit into that. And that's that was my interpretation of it. It could have been my personality. I can't believe it was. <laughs> no. Can I just say? <laughs> no. Um, but it was, but but you did, you, you know, you could hook them in with the accent. Right. Uh, definitely I could, you know, you could wheel them in a bit with the accent. Um, but some of them, it was so strange. I've had so many strange dates. One, I went to this lady's house and I saw this poster on the wall and it was all Shakespeare's plays, but they weren't titled. Mm. But you could tell what they were by the illustration. Right. And I looked at him. I said, oh, that's Hamlet. Oh, that's blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, OK, that's good. Yeah, I always test my dates. If they can't name me the plays on that poster, then it's like, you're out. I'm like, oh, my, OK. <laughs> yeah, but do you I, think she knew what the date She was probably asking him. She was probably grading. I, so she go, oh, that's she, what that is. She was oh, that's what that is. Yeah, I think she was more <laughs> grading. Does he have a brain, you know, so... So that was, you got all that kind of stuff. There was other stuff where I arrived at a date and she was like, oh, you're a bit late. I said, I'm terribly sorry. And this was before cell phones. I said, I'm a bit sorry. And she goes, yes, well, this is like a business. You know, you should be on time. Oh, like, shit. Oh. And she was dressed in a suit. And so it's very strange. So, yeah, I'm glad now, talking of Valentine, that you don't have to go through all that dating stuff, the Valentine stuff, all that bullshit. You're in that nice aged it's like a fine cheese it's yeah, like it's like a blue ripe cheese that's how i would describe a good romantic relationship <laughs> it's funny I, I think the secret to relationships is to keep surprising your spouse now i keep surprising my spouse by not doing anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too i, I keep not making decisions <laughs> it's like great no leadership but because um, obviously you and I, we love film and we're all about film and you think of romance. And I was thinking about, I was like, what romantic films have I worked on? Because I've got to be honest, romantic movie making is not my thing. I love mm. horror. But one of the biggest romantic movies I worked on was Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Right. Um, because I remember you did some really cool storyboards where you had gone up to the Ikea in Burbank yeah. before they moved. And you staged stuff. Yes. And you took photos yeah. of, of you and Sal, mm. each other, and yeah. then replaced your heads with Brad and Angelina. Yeah, well, what I did, um, it was called animatics. It was early animatics, but uh, animatics, you can either draw them and, and animate them. Right. In, and now it's quite simple in the many programs you can get. Back then, it was Photoshop CS2, which is still the best Photoshop program, CS2, before <laughs> the dreaded cloud. I digress. <laughs> Um, basically, Doug Lyman, director, very nice guy, and I'm not just saying that, I actually mean that. I met him, and he was very sweet, and we got on quite well, and I asked him to sign this DVD. And it was a genuine, I love the Bourne identity. Now, there was a lot of problems yeah, of making movie. a Bourne identity, and people slag Doug off and say, oh, he didn't direct it and that. But at the end of the day, it is his film, and it's an awesome movie to this day. And I gave him the DVD. I said, Doug, would you sign this? I went up to his house. And he goes, yeah. And he kind of seemed surprised. And it was like, when he did that, when I gave that to him, he's like, a little barrier mm. dropped. And then he goes, hey, do you want to look at this scene? And so he showed me the scene where they're in South America and you've got the light bulbs hanging mm. up and it's a little bit rainy and smoke. And this is where Angelina 
and and Brad Pitt get together and they have that dance and everything. And it was a beautiful scene and you could see there was definitely something there. Chemistry. Anyway, before he showed me the film, which was the first shot sequence of Angelina and Brad Pitt, he had asked me to do these animatics that you were talking about. And so I took Sal myself, we went to the house, uh, the location, and we went through the entire sequence it was basically Brad had accidentally shot a bullet at Angelina as she was driving away, so she turns around and tries to run him down. Um, I remember. <laughs> yeah. And so I literally took photographs. I took a car interior, which was Sally's car, and then we basically made it into a Mercedes mm. by using Photoshop. Right. And then we staged the stunt. I got on top of my, my old RAV car, and I did all the moves, <laughs> and then I took out the background. And so we created this animatic. The studio did not want to put the money to make that scene. They saw that animatic, they gave the and money. They approved it, yeah. Doug got the money, he shot the scene. Now, go. in the making of video, Doug, bless him, gave me a shout-out nice. and took the credit himself for doing the animatic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way it goes in Hollywood. But he's a very nice man. He's very charitable. He's got a good heart. But, yeah, so that was uh, that was great fun. The funniest thing was as I got... There's a scene where Angelina Jolie jumps from the building mm. there she's that scene where she's whipping the guy yeah and then his henchmen are like what's going on in there she's strangling him and so then she gets a handbag extends the handles puts them on the door handle and she jumps out well that was storyboarded first and then doug said oh i want to see animatics i got sal got her on a table i said right just wear your underwear dear <laughs> and so i did all the shots of her in her underwear and then stuck angelina jolie's face on oh top God. and presented that as animatics and again they shot that scene quite quite similar to what we did so That's uh, yeah so that was quite fun but that was quite a romantic film seeing uh, going back to doug showing me the sequence mm. uh, that was the first film sequence of angelina and brad together and you could see the electricity and doug was like yeah i'm showing this to the producers and did it and that was so that was really exciting to see yeah. and it was romantic to see them you could see the energy there so yeah, yeah it was the most so there, there was a lot of chemistry on that on that film too right yeah uh, yeah. yeah i mean obviously i mean yes yeah, what yeah. broke up his relationship with jen yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I saw him on set. He's quite small, but he seems a very nice, affable guy. But because I was a low, you know, storyboard, you're just scum, aren't you? So, you know. <laughs> I'm sure you've got some friends didn't, who would, who didn't, would didn't waste their time. Statement. Didn't waste their time on me. But I did get in the lift. The door was open. Angelina's there with her kids. You're like, oh, oh hello. But you worked yeah. with Angelina. Well, I say you worked with. You storyboarded. Maleficent. Maleficent, and, um, yes. Yeah, Maleficent. But I actually met Angelina Jolie in one of her first projects um, when I was doing makeup effects for Meatloaf right. a, a Day and he did his video Rock and Roll Dreams Come True right. where he plays a gypsy king I remember you telling me about yeah. this a long time ago Yeah, tell, she, tell our audience and she played the girl there, there's, oh, a, wow. there's, a, there's a young girl there and then there's a black kid who maybe a bit stereotypically but joins a gang and so kind of meatloaf as the gypsy comes and rescues him right. there's a, a shot of him pulling the, the the kid out of a car because he's about to shoot somebody and he pulls him out but that was directed michael bay who's absolutely horrible person sorry to say <laughs> I, but, I don't believe it's but, not possible no, and, but meatloaf was absolutely wonderful mm. and um, he defended me because we had this makeup now we had no time no budget we had to buy the appliances, which are made of foam, off the shelf. Wow. And so I went to a company called Friends. We brought the appliances from them. And, and next day, we're driving down to the harbour in Los Angeles mm-hmm. with a harbour freeway. 
under the bridge oh, wow. is set up all the set they put wrecked cars in there they made it into this fairy tale landscape basically we had to put this appliance a fake nose a fake and literally design this makeup on the day wow so well, that's what i did and uh, myself and my assistant we, we did this makeup and of course meatloaf singing and what happens when you sing you open your mouth wide don't mm -hmm. you well guess what an appliance that wasn't even molded to your face is eventually going to work its way off, which right. is what it did. And Michael Bay was like, you assholes. I didn't like you when I first met you. Look at it. This is bullshit. And Meatloaf, bless him, he was like, he was kind of put his finger across his throat. It was like, no, you know, it's not telling him to shut the fuck up. Wow. And and he totally defended us. We, we reapplied it. It was fine. You see the video. It looks fucking great for mm. what it was. And that was that, but uh, but yes, but Angelina Jolie was in there. She was the young girl nice. before she'd been in any big movies. So yeah, interesting. Ah, wonderful. And you've um, on the romantic side of movies, you were telling me a very interesting story, and uh, not so much the romantic movie, but it connected you to yeah. your mum's past of working in Los Angeles as a script girl, right? Yeah, that's right. So I was working on a film with Mandy Moore called How to Deal. Okay. Um, and I say with Manny Moore. I, I met her because I had to escort her to set. Now, I'm sorry to say, but who is she? Well, she, I believe, well, she's an actress now, but she started out as a singer, and I think she might have been part of the uh, Mickey Mouse Club, possibly. Oh. I don't know hmm. for sure. I'll check. Um, Fat check. So this movie, How to Deal, with Mandy Moore, we were shooting pickups at The Lot in Hollywood, and The Lot is owned by Warner Brothers now. But back in the day when my mum used to work there in the script department, it was Goldwyn Studios. So when we were shooting this, I was more of a production secretary on this thing. Posh word for PA, I think. Yeah, office PA, basically. Yes. We were on set and I had nothing to do, so I got to know the management. And there was a Welshman working there, David Hughes-Williams. I was talking with him and I said, oh, you know what's interesting? My mum used to work there when it was Goldwyn Studios. And he was like, oh, that's fantastic. If she ever comes out to Los Angeles, you should bring her along. And I said, well, funny you should say that because she's going to be out here in two weeks. Yeah. And he goes, bring her in. We'll, we'll set it up. And my mum came out. I picked her up. I took her on a nice surprise trip to her old studio. And we were being driven around in a golf cart. She was pointing out all the places that she worked and films that she'd been working on. And the big one that she worked on there while she was there was I Want to Live with Rita Hayworth. Not Rita Hayworth. Haywood. Rita Hayward. Is it Rita Hayward? I'm a mate. We'll have to figure it out. Anyway, Christ. the point is, is that um, Memory of she, we're driving around in this golf cart and she's like, oh, and those are the stairs I fell down into Gregory Peck's arms. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, likely story, mum. Yeah. You probably threw yourself down the stairs. But yeah, there was, uh, that was awesome. So yeah. we had this wonderful tour of the studios and mum was pointing out things. Anyway, it was That's lovely. That's very nice. It, That's it was, it was, it was a really nice. That's great you got that to share that. And with you know mom. the thing that really pissed me off, Martin? I did not bring a camera with me. Uh, yeah. Because now that would be, you know, you'd be iPhoned up to your back yeah. teeth, you know, yeah, exactly. or your eye teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I was kicking myself. I was so upset. Yeah. But there you go. But that was that was lovely. That was a really nice little uh, little please, bonus for that. Please ignore the Star Wars-y rubbish shoot sounds <laughs> in the background. Once again, Los Angeles, city of inconvenience, provides us with ongoing soundtrack of the industrial nightmare. Yes. Whether it be choppers or rubbish bin collections that should have taken place at six o'clock in the morning, but now at four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Fucking assholes. Anyway. I think we'll be interviewing a dear friend of mine 
because I did want to bring some people on who like us. They all work what we call below the line. What does below the line mean? Please explain. Basically, there's a line drawn in the fucking sand of Hollywood. If you're above that line, you are residualed up to the back teeth. You're treated with platters of better food. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I've been in offices where I've gone down from our office, which is stocked with the cheapest Trader Joe produce, and I've gone into the lower rooms that contain the dear writers and producers, and there I'm faced with goodies that I would be very pleased to partake in. But no. <laughs> and you'd have to not, pay yeah, for them. <laughs> you have to pay for them. But that's all above and below the line is basically the technical crew is below the line and anybody seen as uh, producing and money and actors and talent is above the line. But um, below the line, friends, I have many, as does James. We've got writers. James has a few writer friends. We've got a voice performer. We've got some we've got fellow... Lots of voice we've got, performers. We've got a fellow storyboard artist, my have some actors so it's all going to be fun to just see what it is like the struggle is real ladies and gentlemen <laughs> so uh hopefully we're going to have a friend of mine coming on possibly next time we do the podcast uh he's german but that's okay <laughs> we, you know it's a small inconvenience i'm looking forward to that yeah, so yeah it's gonna be good yeah it's nice chatting nice chat with you all no, right no, until no. next time <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, we bring you our Fact Check! Fact Check! Fact Check! Fact Check segment. Here, with the benefit of hindsight and editing, we can own up to our mistakes. Ah, uh, James. Yes, mate. Uh, what have we got? What have we got? Well, you know. I Want to Live was the movie that your mother worked on. Yes. And the actress was Susan Haywood. Yes, it was. I should have known that. Well, you should. You know, it's connected to your mum. It's a bit sad, isn't it? It it is a little bit. I should have done my homework. Yeah. Um, And the bakery you were referring to is Lodge Bread Company. Ah, right. So I've only been there about five times. Oh, well. All right. Well, with your good self, Mandy Moore was the singer, songwriter and actress. Nothing, James, to do with the Mickey Mouse Club. Thanks, mate. All right, that's it for today. So long. Bye.